so we spoke about the two matters of Lashon HaKodesh. The first one being Mitzad, the language that it says, a Kabbalah, as a Messiah, that is the language we got um, from HaKodesh Baruch Hu, was the original language we spoke um, We spoke about last night, just uh, to fill in something, thanks to Benil, um, that we spoke about last night that the Lashon Aramis was with Abraham Avinu spoke according to the Kazari. Even though we saw that Aram Avinu was born in Ur Kastim and he only moved to Aram late in his life. And we said that it's interesting that the Kazari says that he spoke Aramis. Right? The Master Manila pointed out that the Ramban says that Lashon Aramis and Lashon Babel was the same Lashon. In other words, even though Lashon Babel in the Torah is called Lashon Kastim, and it's over Daniel, it's the same language as Lashon Aramis. So I researched it. There's actually quite a lot of Rishonim that say that. Uh, Sajigon and Matsuris uh, and others also say that Lashon Aram and Lashon Babel was the one language. It's called Aramis because the language of Aram. But it's also the language that's spoken in Babel. For those who argue, and the Pasuk talks about the Lashon of Babel as Lashon Kastim. Because or Kastim, the Lashon of the place of Kastim. So is that synonymous with Aramis or not? It seems to be a Mechlekes. So the Vitar of Yudha Levi holds the same way as the Ramban. And the Mitzvahs and the other Rishonim will hold that they spoke Aramis and Babel. Which is interesting. Either way around, it was... Uh, what he wants to say is it wasn't the language that Avraham Avinu actually spoke as a Lashon Chol. He spoke it as an extra, that was a Lashon Chol, and Lashon HaKodesh was a different language that he spoke as Lashon HaKodesh. We do see in Allah some type of Hashimahs or Aramaic. So we spoke about it last night, that the Vilna Gaon says that there's somewhere in between Lashon HaKodesh and the regular languages which have not Kodesh, there's an interim stage, which is Aramis. Fine. Um, now, we're going to talk about tonight, as we said, there's a second mile. There's a second mile to Lashon HaKadosh besides the Kabbalah, as he says, Misarah Svar. Now, this is an interesting one. What, what would the Svar be? Why would it be logical that Lashon HaKadosh would be the, the, the best language, or the more Mu'ullah, the most, so to speak, on the highest level language? So he says, Malasim Yidarech HaSvara, Lefiya Om HaMishlam Shiba. Is based on the people who are using it, who are speaking the language. And therefore, what was necessary for the expression or the ability to verbalize things the most clearly. If Nevoah was given to Klai Yisrael, and therefore Klai Yisrael had to relay a message from Hashem, so they would choose the most accurate, let's say, the way of defining what Hashem, or describing what Hashem said. And similarly, when it comes to when it comes necessary in the Torah, when it comes to Yisurim, to warn us, so same thing over there, we will need to be warned about something uh, in the most clear terms, which will best define exactly what the Torah is asking, or what the Torah is allowing. Or, interesting, he says, that when a person wants to express himself in his nigun, in the nigun, so then also there, we find that the more accurate the Lashon is, or the more clear the expression, the more it aptly describes or defines what a person is trying to say. And therefore, when he says the Sefer is, that if a Torah came to give us a Syrian, and it wants to give it to us in the clearest language, or the Navi wants to give us a message from Hashem in the clearest language, and the, the, the language chosen is Lashon HaKodesh, so there must be a Lashon HaKodesh as the Maila of other languages. Similarly, 
Malkayim, the leaders of Klai Shem, Moshe of Yeshua, the David of Shlomo, Hayitachin Sheyeh Chasa Lehem Melitza. Do we think it's possible that they will be missing the ability to express themselves? When they needed to find the right words to say or the most uh, eloquent way of expressing something, when they needed to say something, like today, when you want to express ourselves in Lashon HaKodesh, like we said, be very limited in our choice of vocabulary. It doesn't make sense that people like Moshe or David or Shlomo would have had that same problem. Right? We have it because by Moshe of the Rashi like we said, we lost a lot of the words. Or we don't have written the Torah, we don't know what the original Lashon HaKodesh was. But then we had the Lashon HaKodesh, of course, they had the full richness that they could express. And it's going to be nice, it's how easy to see for our Torah. You see the story of the Torah, the Mishkan, the Eifah, the Choshen, Zulasam. When you see the story of the Torah, Mishkan, the Eifah, the Choshen, the other, the other factors which went into building the Mishkan, and then it describes exactly, exactly accurately what it was, uh, what it was trying to say. We have words in the, the Kasas and the Nakiyos and the Kaftari uh, and the Prachim and all the various parts of the Kalim which are defined in, the, in words which you don't know what they mean or words, but it comes to define specific items or specific parts of each group. Because they needed unusual names. We don't find the Torah is missing an ex- a word, word to say for something when it needs to use the word. When the Torah talks about the, all the, the non kosher birds, the Torah gives us a long list of names of different species of birds. Which means on Pitatara, every category, even subcategory of birds had a name of Pitatara. Avanim, different stones of the Khoshan, which again we can't always translate what all 12 of them are, but the Torah had a name for each one. With Miris David, coming into Hilim, you see that David's expression in Hilim is much more varied in the cavalry than most books in Nach. With Yisraim Eov, with Techach Demreav, sending Eov's arguments with his friends and their responses. Again, we find. Uh, also, a much more like wide use of the words of Lashon Hakodesh. So you see that they did have the ability to express themselves fully when they wanted to. What Teichachos Yeshayah and Nechamos of the Nevoah of Yeshayah, Yeshayah also expressed himself in a very flowery, poetic even style. So he had the words to say it. And therefore, if we're going to sum up outside, what's the argument that the Kuzov is trying to say about the Svara that Lashon Hakodesh is a, the primary language? He says because we need two things. Number one, the fact that the argument before was that it's not such a rich language, it's not such a varied vocabulary. So then he says it's not true. You see that when we don't have a vocabulary, like he said at the very beginning, because we don't speak it, so we've lost the words which we don't find in Tanakh. But you find that Tanakh never at a shortage of words to use when it's trying to say something, whether it's trying to define something accurately, as if it's coming to an element of building the Mishkan or the species of non kosher bird. Or whether it's coming to uh, express oneself more fully in Zmiris Vashiris, like Tavim Mechtehilim, when Yeshayah is the verse, or even when it's coming to uh, discuss more abstract points, like Eov and his arguments, uh, the Maizah is the word word in Lashon Kodesh for this. So maybe. I'm assuming that they made them up. Right. They would have understood each other. Right. The understanding is that there was a, a full vocabulary of Lashon Kodesh. We've lost it. We've lost it. So he's saying, it doesn't make sense. The people who spoke so much, like David or Shlomo, even as Moshe Rabbein, whoever it was, that they didn't have a full command of a language. Now, this, what I was going to point out to him is that you haven't answered the question. 
What it explained is that Lashon HaKadosh was a full language and it had a reference for everything. We just don't have it. Okay. But you haven't shown it's better than any other language. It also has a full vocabulary. All you've proved that Lashon HaKadosh also was, so to speak, uh, had more options or more extensive language than we have today. Where, have you, where do you see in that that it was better than any other language? And as like the Kuzari is going, the king is going to ask him back in on his son of Tess, Omar Kuzari, the point of what you wanted to get to, what you said before, all you say is equal to other languages. Just like that's in English, for example, has a very rich vocabulary, as people can speak and aren't at a loss for words because everything has a meaning, everything has a name. And if that's the case, he's saying Elisha Kodesh also had a name for everything. And if that's the case, where do you see that there's an extra matter to it? Where do you see that there's a distinction more than any other language? In other words, because our starting point was it's less than every other language because it has less vocabulary. And you proved that, no, there wasn't, that's not true. There wasn't a vocabulary for Elisha Kodesh. Okay, he accepts that. But that's only the first point. So at best, he's saying it's equal to other languages. Where do you see it's more than them? He's answering really on a very physical, basic level, but it just has more um, ways to express So we said, in the, we said in the first year, we're talking about language, that there's three things to look for in language. Number one, right, richness yeah. of vocabulary. Number two, um, accuracy of expression. And uh, so like, it's not just the error, it's describing it accurately. And uh, the fact that it's, it's going to say that it has more of a structure to the language, the, the build-up, the dictum of the language. Are there physical things? There's all physical things. So he said before, and the fact that Hashem spoke, it shows us there's a reference to it. And going to the second argument. The second argument, as you see, it was used by David and Shlomo, so there's a very rich language. Because honestly, that doesn't prove anything. What he's saying is it's equal to other languages. He said, but the truth is, you can find an advantage to other languages of Lashon HaKadosh. Right. Now, where we're going to go now is into Rabbi Levi, as you know, was the master of, of Lashon HaKadosh in, in song or in prose, in poetry. So he couldn't resist giving us his rules of how to build the structure of rhyme and of uh, like metering sentences and everything else how Lashon HaKadosh works. So the next six or seven pages, he's going to go through the rules of Lashon HaKadosh grammar and had built as opposed to Arabic, which was the language of the time, or opposed to, I don't know what the people of Kuzari spoke, but opposed to other languages. Right. But his introduction to this side is, and that is that uh, there's a internal symmetry or system in how the Lashna Kodesh is built, which is also makes it a more uh, let's say, a more logical constructed language than other languages. So when the Kuzari argues and he says to him that you'll find other languages which have as many words and are equally expressive, so when you see Lashon is better than that, so now the Rebbe is going to go to the rules of TikTok to explain the system of Lashon and what's unique about it. And the mess is, you know, it's not our field right now to just study the whole of the whole of the rules of the principles which build up TikTok. The one thing we do see. And that is that, just let's use English as a comparison with the language we speak, that we'll see that Lashon HaKadosh is much more structured. The rules and how it works is much more, much more regulated than English, which is in English as an example. Right? There are much fewer rules of TikTok in English or grammar. And the reason for that is, is because, um, like most more recent languages, it's a language which evolved. 
It's the language which evolved from how people spoke. And therefore, it borrowed words from other languages and which got incorporated into language, and the style of speech became... It's basically a living language, which means it's a language which is developed by the way people uh, speak the language. As opposed to Lashon Kodesh, which is, if it's given as a language, then it's given with all the rules which make it up. Uh, which is what he's going to show. That there's uh, the, 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 to show the mile of the Lashon because it's much more, let's say, structured. It has much more uh, sequence or understanding to it how the rules of Victor work in other languages. Who, who gave these rules? Where do we know these rules from? Of Dictor? Yeah. Uh, this is, uh, was a big discussion in the Rishonim. There were Rishonim, even before the Levi, who the main field of learning was understanding the Dictor of the Torah. Um, primarily, there were two schools of Dictor, the school of Tanesh and the school of Menachem, who were both Rishonim uh, going in, there was an interim door between them. Even Rashi and even Ezra, very often in the Pirish Torah, you see that they learned their works. Rashi particularly agrees with the Mahalach of Menachem more than Danash. He often quotes him. And in the Shaykh Rashi Rashi, we've had Lashna Kodesh's book. So there's a field, obviously, Rashi had learned as well. And he often quotes Menachem's, the, the, the Goran, or maybe the early Rishon Menachem, as the one who gave him the rules of Diktuk, which he applies to the Torah. And every time you have a strange structure of a word in the Torah, so Rashi will be Mayri. Much more, right, much more than he normally does. Was it a Messiah or was it they learned it themselves? Or I don't know. That was answer right there. Did it come as a Messiah before that or did they learn it themselves from studying the Torah? I can't tell you. I don't know what they mean. But they can, basically, they, they devoted themselves to the field of understanding the grammar of the Torah. Um, like I said, Nahum, here is a common phrase in Rashi. And not more than that, Rashi goes out of his way to explain these things. Normally, Rashi suffices with two or three words of explanation or quoting a Chazal. Whenever it gets to a thing in, lang- in grammar, so Rashi is I'll give you other examples of Tanakh and explain to you what the rule is. Can you hear that you saw a European Kalim also a lot? For example, the one which comes often is the Lamar at the beginning of the word, the same as the head at the end of the word, or when you put the, the, the tough in the middle of the word because you need a, an extra letter for the three letter vowel, whatever it's going to be. Rashi has his rules, which you got from Menachem, which repeats again and again the Torah. You also can learn the, the importance of understanding the grammar of the Torah as a field of Torah. And same thing Ibn Ezra. A lot of his a lot of his parish is devoted to understanding the grammar of the Torah as a khalif understanding Torah. So that that, that was let's say the structure of Ashtakhish, which what the Rabbi Ralevi is going to Nabi Mayrich to try and explain the principles of what makes Ashtakhish, so to speak, a different Maila is that it's much more structured, it's much more um, clear. Okay, so the Kuzari's argument to him was that when he says the Nigunim and other languages have a matter of Rashna Kodesh. Now, what's the matter of Nigun? Um, it's something which we can, that's on a very simple level. If you want to make things fit into a recurring tune, it has to have the same amount of syllables. Basically, what they call in poetry the meter. Right? It has a, a certain meter, which means every line has the same amount of syllables and everything will fit into the same uh, rhythm or the same tune. Mashanga, if you have one line which is longer, or more syllables, the next time which is shorter is less syllables, so then it's, it's going to be unbalanced. Right? Uh, the, the standard in poetry is what they call the pentameter, which means a thing of ten syllables to a line. That like, divides best into however you're going to break it up. And then he says that you see that in the Kazari's argument was that the meter in 
Arabic, or whatever other language he's talking about, was better than, was more accurate than you find Shirim in the Torah. Now, where would be a Shirim in the Torah where you find a meter? So, what the Gazorah is going to give us this example is the 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 capital the hidden area of interest kilo elul chaste. So it says hundred shemitoy kilo elul chaste. The the other thing that is kilo elul chaste. So like we said in the previous year, hidden was meant to be sung, not said. And if that's the case, you had a tune. If you had a tune, you want the meter to be right because if you're going to repeat the tune for each line, so you have to understand what the syllables. So he's going to give this as his marshal of a capital where how 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 do how well do we see the the, the structure of the metering the psukim into him. Okay, so he said like this. Amar Chavim Pesayin. Faris Barley. Can he go in and shechem la mishko b'debur? The nigunim don't need the mishko, the balancing of the words. Now the different gears gears have to read the next three words. But the way that the mafarshim hears me is the sheba abarik v'hamale yichayim l'nagem moed l'shem kitay. In the mizmor we just said, the Hoyd Hashem Kitoy, they can nagin it because it has that benigun of the Oysar Nifas Gedoy, that's Kilim Chastev. There's the same amount of of syllables in each one. Now, the Hoyd Hashem Kitoy, Kilim Chastev, is a, or Chastev, so you're going to break it up into words of seven, if you're going to break it into syllables, it comes at ten. Hoyd Hashem Kitoy, Kilim Chastev. So you have ten. It's only the Oysar Nifas Gedoy, so it can work, it works for most of them. There's one or two doesn't work for. Like you see, as a Yerefa Krechel, the Mishra Spadayla is way out of its thing. So he says it's true that uh, on one hand it's built with a certain meter that it's equal on both of them. But he says um, that, so in a Khanami, in the Gurian Baalaya it's it's more, let's say, correct poetically to build the same meter. I will be sure when he cried. Uh, the next is in chariots, somewhere in Arabic. And when it comes to songs, which is where a person is trying to make the stanza, something he wants to say. Where they also would be the way that uh, it's connected together. They didn't pay attention so much to that the fact that the syllables will be equal. Because there's a minor which is more important to poetry. Than the meter. So even on the one hand, there's a matter to poetry that you get the meter right, that every line is the same amount of syllables or the same length. But and that's true, the, the ten doesn't always do that. But that's because there's a bigger matter there. Omar Kuzari, Omar, what would be the matter which is uh, more important in the structure of a poetry than getting like the, the balancing the lines? Omar Achaver, Kamachover, Menadoshan, Ikanis, Mashiach, Benefesh, Abedav, Benefesh, Shemeh. And this is a very interesting thing. The idea is, in song or in poetry, is to be hikanis, to mashayesh b'nefesh hamadaber, what the person, nefesh, or the person who's saying or singing the shir, is that that feeling, the expression should be nichna, should be entered the nefesh hashemeh, the person is listening. And therefore, the idea of song is to transfer what you're feeling to somebody else, as opposed to speech. When the person speaks, they're transferring knowledge to somebody else. So I can explain to you a svara or a chiddush or an idea. And I use language as a way to transmit an, a thought, an idea, an understanding. As opposed to when it comes to shir. So a person is not trying to transmit a thought as much as transmit a feeling. What's the nefesh hamadabr to the nefesh hashemeh? What the, the, the nefesh, the, the, the service of the person who's saying it, or singing it, I should say, 
uh, is that the person hearing it can feel that. And we already said this right at the beginning of the Kazar's discussion of language. He said that uh, if you would be in the shul and the guy, so the Chazal got to be me and say, Kol Nibre Vesari Vacharam there won't be any effect. Or he's saying the words, but uh, the, the regish, the feeling comes from the, from the way that person says it. And it's after the nigga, and it's after that, and you feel this iris of the way the person says So the same thing he says in shir, the echo point of the shir isn't just the language. The echo point of the shir is transmitting the feeling that the mishayer has to the person listening. This kavana, this ability isn't completed at a panim al panim. It is best when you hear the person directly. When it comes to singing, when a person can say to somebody else, has much more of an effect than something which you just write, read written down. Because it doesn't have the same emotion, obviously. That when you can hear it, the way a person says it, so you can feel the way you're saying it much more than if you just read it written down. The tape is the same way, you can hear it. Uh, I mean, any, any big darshan, right, you'll see that if you've actually heard the darshan speak and you read his writings, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. When the person, a live person speaking, so the person conveys with his voice, he conveys speaking, he conveys emotion. You can't put that down in words. You can put it in a bold, you can put it in exclamation marks afterwards. Sometimes, when you know someone well enough, so you can read his voice into the words. It's true. But you have to have the, the, the speech. Right? You can't convey it just with, like I said, exclamation marks or whatever it's going to be that you put on the page. Poem? Poem? A poem is the same thing. If, if it's read, it has more quiet than it's, uh, I mean, if it's spoken. You're portraying what you're onto the poem and so you're reading I'm, I'm it and con- uh, So when the person himself says it, so then he puts the feeling into it much more than, than when a person would just read the words by themselves. I got like I said, it's one of the reasons um, why this time Tara. Time Tara. Why we don't just read the words of Tara, there's a chin for it. Um, what's the idea of time Tara? And the answer is the way a person reads Tara is meant to give time to the Tara. It's meant to give the feeling of, of, of how the Tara is meant to be read. And, and maybe we've lost the art exactly how to do that. I mean, how to read the trot. But what, what it's meant to convey what the Tara is saying is, uh, is much more. Um, Felt when it comes with the time of it, which is being expressed, and just by saying the words. <coughs> right. So that's what it says. That that's the more important kavana. What the person is trying to sing is, or trying to put into words, is the, the kavana of the nefesh more than just the grammatical perfection of it. Right. For shum time. If you know for shum time, that's time later. Right. The Gemara also says. This, on a different place, the Gemara says on the Pasuk, the Gemara is in, in um, the Kufchot, and the Gemara is in the Pesach. The Gemara says that there's a din of a reward that it says, and also, what does it mean? And the Gemara has two determinants. The one in the Shalashim is, as the Indian being Magadi, the Tamitara. The Tamitara is that it gives a time, it gives meaning to the Torah. The way that it said, and the person to Megale there. The other part of the Gemara is like the opposite. It's Elisha Bechasim Tishvitar. That if there's Tishvitar, have to be hidden. Tamitar have to be Misgale, have to be revealed. Because that, that puts a feeling into the way the Torah is meant to be said, the way that it's uh, that the time is Shabbat. So, last time, last time.
Does it do anything so fast to, to, to learn any of the drop? Uh, I don't know. I don't think we know how to express ourselves in front. So it's, uh, we, don't, we don't have a smile either. Yeah, it's still made to, to, to read the timing. It gives you the right, the way to break up the person. But the, 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 the emotion is meant to convey that we've lost. People say, no, I'm still What is to say? If the Nazi came to Nevada, so in the end, it's like Mishkir told him, he said, I'm not chanting the Shiva. Go spend the night in the Shul there. And you know, so you can see there's nothing else. You see that come back tomorrow, I'll, I'll decide. And where the Mishkir went, he went to the Shul, and it was Nashim. And Mishkir knew that the type was the oldest one in Nevada, he used to learn the Shul at night. And the uh, young said that the type spent that night learning the Gemara in, in, in Arabian. That Shmuel tells Rabbi Yehuda, it's Talmud, it's This world is like a wedding. Grab, eat what you want, eat what you, drink what you can. The wedding is over, you can't get food anymore. So in this world, grab what you can because tomorrow is over. He said, the whole night, the shaykh was over tomorrow. But then a certain nigger, and he said, the rest of his life, that nigger stayed in his head. And yeah, that's what the Mashkir probably wanted him to hear. But it's... Uh, it's true, you can read the Gemara, but can you read? If you hear the type is nugan for it, it's, um, he used to say it over, but it uh, has a single, but it has a different effect. So the Vada, the fact that, it said that Magidim used to sing, you know, he used to have a chant, like the nigan part, he used to say, it doesn't just work. It, convey, it, it conveys a feeling, it conveys a meaning much more. And therefore he says himself to the king, he says to understand, the value of Tehillim, or any other song in the Torah, isn't just fitting words that they, they have a nice rhyme scheme. And they fit together as perfect poetry. There's something more important than that, which is meant to be conveyed, and that is the that is the this idea of the of being able to convey the feeling of the mashir, the one who said it. And that's why there's a matter to hearing it rather than saying it, because seeing it written, because when something's heard, then it comes with the feeling that a person puts into what he's saying, rather than just reading the words. It's better to hear from the safer, not from the safer. From the one who's writing it, who's saying it rather than just was written down. Why? He just gives examples. Right? That when somebody says balpe, so the tools the speaker has to convey the feeling he wants to convey, as opposed to when it's written down, is number one. When a person pauses, stops. Silence. In the middle of what a person says, it like builds up suspense, it brings a point home, whatever it's going to be. So you can't do that in a book. Right? You write in the line, you can't like leave a paragraph and carry the next page. But, but, but the person's talking and he gets to a dramatic point there. So he stops. That, that has, it has, it has an effect in how a person hears Same thing. To repeat the point. Again, better. Hear it more, whatever it's going to be. The idea that a person can repeat, and again, you can't write that in the book. Right? If you're going to write your chiddush in the book, you say, Rechen, I want to say that this is that. I'll write it again, this is it. I'll write it again. It doesn't work. That's when a person says it and repeats it and repeats it, and that, that's what gives it its power. Or, oh, the tone of the voice. The person raises his voice, which obviously has like, a, certain, like, a certain tension in what he's saying, and what's equally effective, the person knows his voice. The next order is more interesting than what he wants to say next. 
right? So it's not just tools of uh, uh, good type of speaking. It's a way of conveying something. It's a way of conveying something. And that's why it says, let's understand, looking at Kisim Kodesh, especially Tidim, it was meant to be said, not written. And he's explaining some of the matters of what's said and how the, the effect it has when you hear it as a person you use. So it's afternoon. Well, we'll finish one more line. He gives uh, a, a few more examples. Remizos, Akritos, Nitzmiya, Shaila, inflection of the voice. Is it a question? Is it a rhetorical question? How does the person say it? Pagoda, Yichol, Vafacha, Vitchidna, Vitnois, Shimitskateris, Behemamritsa, Apshota. The movement that the person says as he expresses himself. Um, and then also the, the body language, but the way that the person uses his face or uses his hands or uses the, the, the way he puts something across, the way he says something. That's also going to make a big difference the way that the audience hears it. Okay, so this is the Haktama, and then he's going to use this to explain, therefore, the Maila of Rashna Kodesh, which is how to use these tools there. I'll see you next time.